asking a very simple question this morning is, um, have you ever lost your Christmas spirit? <laughs> I'm the guy, um, my whole life, I have loved Christmas. Maybe I'm going to give a little bit of confession right now. If my mom's watching this online, I'm confessing this to you, mom. My wife over here, I'm going to confess. This is total confession time. Most years I know what I got for Christmas <laughs> because I find it. <laughs> and don't bother wrapping it because I've opened it. I'm that guy. Okay? Ever since I know ever since I was a little kid, my parents have tried to hide the gifts. I have found them pretty much every year. I love Christmas. Love Christmas. I love the parties. I love the food. I really love the food. I love the lights. I love the presents. I love the trees. I love the music. I love ever since I was a little kid. I was the kid all night long. We couldn't sleep. We couldn't sleep. We couldn't sleep. We'd be at grandma's house. And my grandmother was kind of one of these kind of uptight British ladies. You know, I can say that because it's family. But man, oh man, like, and she had three kids. She wasn't used to kids in her house. And they're like, ah, we drove her crazy every Christmas Eve because we wouldn't sleep. We, were, we just loved Christmas. <laughs> but at some point, and I'm not too sure how it happened, a few years ago, I started to become a bit of a Grinch. <laughs> A bit of a Scrooge. I've lost my Christmas spirit. You see, I, you might be surprised to know this about me, but I'm actually quite introverted. And so having to go family event, family event, family event, party, party, these people, visit these people. It, it was starting to like, can, like, like, can I just ditch everybody and, and just like stay home in my basement on my lazy boy alone? You know, when we'd have all the family over and it's loud and it's boisterous and it's celebrating, I look like the humble servant of getting everybody's plates so I can go hide in the kitchen for the next three hours and wash all the dishes so I can just get a little grumpy, lose that Christmas spirit. And I don't know how it happens. But it happens in all of our lives at some point is we lose our joy. And that's what I want us to talk about today is joy. This is the third Sunday of Advent. This is that traditional time of year when Christians look at the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love that God gave to the world that first Christmas morning 2,000 years ago. Advent is also a time when not only do we look back but we look forward to that future day when Jesus will return and set up his eternal kingdom of hope, peace, joy, and love, and will be everlasting. And so the third week of Advent is the theme of joy. And as we've been looking at these themes through the lens of Christmas movies, I couldn't think of a better Christmas movie to talk about joy than the story of Buddy the Elf. You see, Buddy the Elf was an orphan, this little toddler, this young baby living in an orphanage. And one Christmas Eve, 30 years ago, Santa Claus shows up at the orphanage and his big bag of toys and little Buddy somehow gets out of his crib and crawls into Santa's toy bag. And Santa accidentally brings him to the North Pole where the elves find him and this 
kind, gentle old elf decides to raise Buddy as his own son. And Buddy spends 30 years living his life not quite fitting in. He doesn't look like everybody else. He's a lot taller. He doesn't fit in, literally. He can't fit in the houses. He can't fit in the shower. He can't fit in the tables. He also doesn't fit in when it comes to his abilities and his talents. All the elves seem to be really good at one thing, and he's not good at the thing that every single other elf is good at. But Buddy learns the truth that he's not an elf, but he's a human being. His mother had given him up for adoption, and she passed away. And Buddy the Elf learns that his father is still alive, and he lives in a magical land called New York City. And so Buddy decides to go on an adventure to meet his father. And Buddy is the living embodiment of Christmas spirit. Growing up among the elves, they're always singing and joyful and loving. And it's just such a magical place. So he's so excited to meet his father. But he learns some really bad news that his father, Walter Hobbs, is on Santa Claus's naughty list. (laughs) And this is devastating to Buddy the Elf. So he goes on this long journey to finally meet his father face to face. You see, Buddy the Elf, who's just completely filled with this Christmas spirit, with this joy, finds himself in a land where there is no Christmas spirit, where there is no joy. And he stands out. He stands out because of this joy that he has. Joy is a huge theme all throughout the Bible. From beginning to end, the idea of joy plays out in nearly every book of the Bible. In fact, the word joy in the King James Version appears 158 times. The word rejoice appears 198 times. So 158 times for joy, 198 times for rejoice. That's not including all the other variations in the Hebrew or in the Greek of the theme of joy, like joyful or joyfully or joyous or jubilant or to be glad. It's a huge, huge, important theme of joy. And as you study the topic of joy all throughout the Bible, we see that joy is not an emotion. Joy is not about our emotions in the environment that we found ourselves in. Joy is a character trait. Joy is who God is. And joy is who we are, regardless of the environment. You could be in the most hostile environment in New York City that hates Christmas, that's grumpy and crusty, but there's still a call to be joyful. There's a story in the the Christmas story of your Bible where we can find some people living in an environment that doesn't have a lot of Christmas spirit, that doesn't have a lot of joy. I'm going to read for you a little bit of that story. It's from Luke chapter 2. If you have a Bible, you can follow along. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, here are some other people in an environment with not a lot of joy. So here it says, Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, 
keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for some people when their lives are perfect and everything is great and you have no problems and no struggles and no stress and no worries. doesn't say that. It says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Good news of great joy for all people. See, it's interesting that the angel brings this message to this group of people. He brings this message of good news, of great joy for all people to shepherds. And again, when you study the Bible on the topic of shepherds, we see all throughout the Bible that shepherds are held in a very high regard. The Bible, all over the Bible, kings are described as being shepherds. Leaders are described as being shepherds. God himself is described as a shepherd. Someone who cares, who provides food, who provides water, who provides shelter, who provides protection. All very honorable things. All throughout the Bible. Shepherds are held in high regards. What's fascinating is when you study how people actually treated shepherds in their culture. They believed in the word of God that this was important. Shepherds are in high regards. But their lives didn't reflect that. In fact, shepherds were considered to be the lowest of the low. They were unclean. They were dirty. If you touched a shepherd, you couldn't go to the synagogue because now you were unclean and you couldn't worship. Treated them like dirt. In fact, there's some writings outside of of the Bible, like in historical documents. And Aristotle, he actually writes about shepherds. And this is what Aristotle said about shepherds. He said, among all the men in the world, the laziest are shepherds. Out of all the men, the laziest men in the world are shepherds. They lead an idle life. They get their substance without trouble from tamed animals. Lazy, no good shepherds. And I find that fascinating. Study the text. High, high, high regards. Lives. Eh. not holding to a high regard the thing that God holds to a high regard. That's who this angel approaches. 
these men, maybe women, maybe boys, we don't know, it doesn't say. (laughs) This angel comes to this group of people with a message of good news, of great joy for all the people. And then look how the story continues. It's going to continue in verse 15. It says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You see, the the shepherds are in an environment where there's not a lot of joy, not a lot of Christmas spirit. They're outside at night watching sheep. There's no cell phone. They can't kind of just scroll through, check out Facebook, you know, kind of, you know, watch some videos on YouTube while they're doing this. There's no flashlight to kind of, they hear some noise in the bushes. They can't just shine a light to see if there's a lion or a bear or thieves coming to steal the sheep. It's cold. It's miserable. There's not a lot of joy in sitting outside watching sheep. And then they come into the presence of Jesus. And they go back to an unchanged environment. Different. They are changed because they came into the presence of Jesus. The environment didn't change. Nothing around them changed. They changed. They begin glorifying and praising God for what they have seen for what they have witnessed, for what they have heard. Suddenly they bring joy to their environment. And they start telling everybody else about it. Because joy is not simply an emotion. It's not simply, it's a feeling. It's become who they are. And because it's who they are, they start telling other people about it. That's what I love about Buddy the Elf is regardless of the situation he finds himself in, he never loses that joyful Christmas spirit. He's in an environment where there's not a lot of Christmas spirit. He's even working at the mall. The mall, where all the toys are. You'd think if there's one place that's going to have Christmas spirit, it's that wonderful, magical place called the mall, where we can see Santa and get presents and all the decorations and the food. There's still no Christmas spirit even there. Probably not the best way to spread Christmas cheer, but um, you get the point that everywhere Buddy goes, he still has this heart for Christmas. He's got this joy that's in him. But all around him, it doesn't seem to be there. Right? The Apostle Paul talks about this as well. He talks about this as our lives, as we live our lives as Christians. <laughs> that it's not about the environment that we find ourselves in. It's not about the situations that we find ourselves in. It's about the character of our heart. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 5. He talks about who you 
are as a follower of Jesus. And he says this in verse, uh, sorry, in chapter 5, verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is if you are a follower of Jesus, this is what we should see in your life. We should see this fruit in your life. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, this list of the fruit of the Spirit, these aren't simply emotions, even though we use some of these words as emotions. It's not about emotion. It's about character. It's who you are. It's who you are. And because joy is who we are, joy becomes contagious all around us. We see the shepherds, their joy is contagious as they tell others. We see with Buddy the Elf, his joy is contagious as, we, as he tells others. This list of the fruit of the Spirit is fascinating, the order that Paul puts it in. You know, it starts off with love. And we know that God is a God of love. And we know that God so loved the world that he, would, that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, have everlasting life. It's God's love that saves us from sin. It's God's love that saves us from being separated from him for all eternity. And that love leads into joy. Because of God's love, we have joy that comes out. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a Christian environment where there was not a lot of joy. I grew up in a very strict, harsh uptight Christian environment. I was the kid with, you know, ADHD, didn't really pay attention too well, had trouble focusing in school, and the religious leaders hated that. It's like, sit, be quiet, sit, be quiet. And if I couldn't sit and be quiet, it was the last generation. Any of you got the belt? Any hands? Hands, yeah, all right, we got the belt. These are my people, Okay. My people, I was the last generation, I think, to get the ruler. We got the ruler. Where it put your hand on a desk, and they'd whack it with a ruler. And you remember those old rulers that one side was wood, the other side had a little metal strip? I got the metal strip side one year. (laughs) An environment, and this was religion. This was faith in God. And is it any wonder that everybody from my class has walked away from God? Somehow we turned a message of good news, of great joy, into stoic, pride, don't have any fun. But our tradition, our rules, our regulations, our policies, be a good girl be a good boy. It's exactly like the way um, Scripture views shepherds and the culture responded. As we study Scripture, 
we see that God is a God of exceeding joy. That God is a God of exceeding joy. That the joy of the Lord is spread out everywhere. We can see God's joy in creation. We can see God's joy in a sunrise, in a sunset, in the snow. Like, I'm an indoor guy. Okay? But there's something powerful about getting into God's creation. Even this horrible time of year, when it's cold and miserable and snowy, one of the things I love doing this time of year is I love to go snowmobiling with my dad. And we get on these snowmobiles and we go out for hours and hours and we don't talk to each other. My wife goes, oh, that's so amazing. You're bonding with your dad. What you guys talk about? Talk. <laughs> Men don't talk to bond. We, we drive them motorcycles and snowmobiles to bond, right? But I'm out there and my dad, he's a lot faster. He's a lot braver than I am. So he's a couple of kilometers ahead of me on the trail. And I'm on this trail and the, the trees completely cover the trail and there's like snow everywhere and it's like a scene out of narnia and it's just and i'm just marveled at the joy of god that i can see this you could actually hear the birds chirping even over the engine and through the helmet that we're wearing one year my dad and i we were out there and a moose was on the trail I don't know if you've ever come face to face to a moose. I mean, it was like five feet in front of us. This thing was like 19 feet tall, <laughs> like with the horns and everything. And I'm like, wow, so this is how I'm going home to Jesus. <sighs> this sucker is going to mow us down. It's huge. <laughs> and all I could sense was God's joy in that moment. <laughs> I wonder if our culture is becoming really crusty because we don't go outside enough. <laughs> no. I'm not going winter camping with you. Some of you have asked. <laughs> no. <laughs> but maybe we have to have our eyes open a little bit more to understand that God is truly a God of immense joy. The church was never meant to be the most boring place in the city. The church is not supposed to be the most boring place in the city. It's not a funeral. It's a party. <laughs> We rejoice because God is a God of joy. Supreme joy is God's nature and his, his character. And we inherit that character, not out of religious traditions, but because we have come into the presence of Jesus. Just like the shepherds came into the presence of Jesus and were changed, you and I come into the presence of Jesus and we're changed. We come into the presence of Jesus and we are changed. Buddy the elf finds himself with his Christmas spirit starting to have an impact on the people around him. It starts with his younger half-brother. It starts spilling over to his stepmother and then eventually starts even to change the heart of his father. It starts impacting the people that he works with, changing their hearts and their view because joy is who we are. And joy is contagious. And Buddy learns, even in his difference, that joy that he has can save Christmas. Because Santa Claus, his magical sleigh is powered by Christmas spirit. And when the sleigh gets over New York City, there's no Christmas spirit there. There's no joy, so the sleigh crashes. And Buddy the elf has to save Christmas. 
and bring joy back to the city. Buddy brings Christmas spirit back to New York City. He saves Christmas. The shepherds who come and see Jesus in the manger go back to an environment where there's not a lot of joy and change their environment because they were changed. You and I, this Christmas season, regardless of what's going on around us, can change our environments because we have been changed. We've been changed because joy is who we are and joy is contagious. See, this list that Paul gives us in Galatians chapter 5 of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is not optional. For the Christian, if you have put your faith in Jesus to save you from your sin, this is who you are and it's who you are becoming more of each and every day. See, when I found myself getting crusty over Christmas, getting grumpier about it, getting a hard heart over it, I forgot who I was. I started picking the list. Which ones do I want to be this Christmas? I, I can fake love for a while, and I can maybe get a bit of joy. Peace, eh. Patience, <sighs> not praying for that. God will send me something to teach me that. I, kind of, I can be nice to people for a few minutes, then I can wander off, you know. Self-control, I can handle self-control. That's one I can do because no one really knows if you're being self-controlling or not. This list isn't pick and choose what you want. The list is who you are. The list is who you are. So how do you and I bring joy? How do we see more joy in our lives? Well, the apostles teach us this in their writings. Right? Luke says this. In Acts chapter 13, he talks about, he gives a description of true disciples of Jesus. He says in Acts 13, verse 52, he says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Fascinating that joy and Holy Spirit go together as a quality of a true disciple of Jesus. (laughs) See, when he says that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's that moment when you realize that you're a sinner. That you've got sin. That you're not perfect. That you've got some stuff floating around your head that you think about that's not pleasing to God. That you've got stuff in your heart that you're living out that's not pleasing to God. And when you confess those things to God, and this is what Peter talks about, In Acts chapter 2, Peter said this when people were wondering, how do I deal with this thought? How do I deal with my heart? Peter said this, said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Says repent of that. And repentance can be for the person, maybe you or maybe you who watching online who has never put their faith in Jesus. Repentance can be that first time repentance. That, you know what, I've got stuff in my life. I'm not holy. I'm not perfect. I've been faking it. I'm trying to please people. But God, you did something for me. 
that you sent Jesus for me to die for me so that I could be made right with you, and I accept that. God, forgive me of my sin. And when you do that, you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive this joy. For those of us who have done that, maybe a long time ago, and you're feeling that there's not a lot of joy, well, repentance is still a part of it. That's where I was when it came to Christmas. Like, ah, these people, those people, that situation. Wah, 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 wah. I had to repent of that. Say, God, I'm sorry that I've been treating the celebration of the birth of my Savior like it's all about me. Like it's about my comfort and what I get and the people around me. Why was it about me when it's supposed to be about Jesus? And I repent. There were some relationships where I needed to apologize to people. And I asked for forgiveness. I repent. And when you repent, when you seek God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in you works and moves and brings more joy. Because it's who you already are. It's who you already are. And that joy, because joy is who we are, it becomes contagious to those all around us. We rejoice because our names are written in God's book of life. God's got a big giant book in heaven with the name of his sons and daughters in it. And if you've put your faith in Jesus, your name is in that book. And nothing can take your name out of that book. And we rejoice in that. Right? The psalm calls God our exceeding joy. Because God is such a God of joy, his presence, according to Psalm 16, is the fullness of joy in our lives. And it starts with coming to Jesus, just like the shepherds did. You hear about Jesus, you need to come to Jesus. And then you leave different And you don't keep it to yourself. You tell others. You praise. You glorify. You tell. But that's what the shepherds did. In a joyless environment, come into the presence of Jesus, glorify, praise, tell. When you come into the presence of Jesus, do you praise? Do you glorify? Do you tell? Do you repent? These are all a part of the Christian life that will bring exceeding joy. Now, you might not change New York City. You might not save Christmas around the world. But you can change your environment. Kids, when you head off to school this week, it's the last week of school before Christmas. Woohoo! You can bring that joy to school. And change your school. Those of you in the, the, the business world or working for the government or the military, whatever your job is, this week before you're about to shut down for the holidays, you can bring exceeding joy to your workplace and change your workplace. If you stay home, whether it's with your kids or for whatever reason, you can change your family and your community by trusting in this joy. It's not how we feel, it's who we are. And because it's who we are, it's contagious everywhere that we go.
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you that we can come to this church building as a church family and worship you. To sing praises and to glorify the name of Jesus. I pray for all of us, Lord, when we come into this building or even if we watch online, that we would be coming into the presence of Jesus. And just like those shepherds 2,000 years ago, that we would leave changed. That we would be different because we came into your presence. Father, help us to live lives of exceeding joy because of your incredible love for us. Thank you that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, that he lived a sinless life, that he died for our sins. Thank you that he sends the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who brings us joy. Father, I pray that we would be known as men, women, boys, and girls of this joy, that it would be seen by those around us. For those who may be struggling with seeing more joy in their life, Lord, I pray that you would guide them this week. I pray that you would open their eyes. I pray that you would show them the blessings all around them. To not be focused on their environment, but rather to be focused on you. (laughs) And as they focus more on you instead of their situation, God, I pray that you would bring more joy into their lives. (laughs) For those who might be here, those who are watching online, maybe you need to take that first step that you need to accept Jesus You can do that real simply by just praying a simple prayer, just saying, thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Thank you that Jesus died for me. Today, I accept you into my heart. Make me new. I want more of that joy in my life, Father. And if you do that, I'd love to hear from you, talk to you after the service, or send me an email if you're watching online. We'd love to know you're making that decision to follow Christ.